Welcome to our sermon. I am Pastor Nathan Escarga, and I am sure that God will speak to you through his word today. Good evening. Good to have you with us tonight. And uh, I'm glad that you're taking part in hearing the word of God. And just that you would recognize that hearing the word of God is just the beginning. It's as we grab a hold of the word of God and apply it into our lives that things really begin to happen. In fact, God would call you wise. Uh, and that evaluation from God himself is as we hear the word of God and we do it. And that brings blessing into our lives. It brings uh, a covering into our lives, a protection. It brings direction. It just brings so many things as we hear the word and we do it. Uh, we've been going through Colossians. And this book has really come alive to me. I didn't plan on on, on going through the entire book, but uh, I just felt uh, a number of weeks back that uh, we would do that uh, as the Lord put on my heart. And I've called this uh, series the preeminent series as Jesus is preeminent. In Colossians 1 verse 18, it says that he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence, that in all things within the church he is the head, but that he would have preeminence in your life, in my life, and it's that, it is at that point that things really will take off. Uh, I want to just start off, uh, just open in prayer, and once again, it's great to have you with us, and uh, if I could have you share this message with somebody else, I would be so uh, beneficial uh, to them as they hear this message. Let's just bow our heads. Lord, we thank you uh, that regardless of what we may be going through, regardless of what we may be in the middle of, and regardless of, of our circumstances and situations, what we may be feeling, Lord, you are preeminent. And Lord, if we, as we make you preeminent in our lives, Lord, you will see us through every situation. So Lord, I pray at this time, uh, that there would be an opening of the heart to receive what is heard and that there would be an applying of that word in every heart tonight. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Uh, just a, a whole whack of blessings uh, as we uh, make Jesus preeminent in our lives. But if we could just, uh, I want to just read a few passages from or verses from Colossians chapter 1, and if you've been following us all along, you'd say, hey, pastor, how come you're not getting into chapter 3? Because we, we are sort of basically finishing the first two chapters. Uh, today, I just want to really emphasize Jesus being Lord in your life. Jesus, Lord in my life. And today, I want to really uh, hammer that home. And if you could put a title on it, it would be uh, Jesus, Lord in my life. And as we do this, just look at some of the things that God has in store for us. It says, for this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. He's basically saying, hey, and this is by the Holy Spirit. It's not just 
Paul writing, uh, just what he, he fancies to write or he, he wants to encourage or whatever, it is by the Holy Spirit that he is writing these things. And the Holy Spirit is saying, this is for you as believer, that you could know the will of God for your life and that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So we're talking about blessing uh, and and a, a pleasing of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, as we go through our life. As it, when it comes to walking worthy, it means about our daily life being where we should be at daily, daily. Strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long-suffering with joy. So the power of God available to us. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. It's just, it's just saying, hey, I want to bless you. Uh, you're qualified to be a partaker of the inheritance, to receive the inheritance that God has for us. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the Son of His love, in whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins. So, this uh, verse 13 talks about Jesus saving us from the things of darkness and being dead in trespasses and sin and bringing us into his light by his blood being shed for us and the fact that we can have forgiveness of sins. So that is all possible. Jesus saving us is by our faith in him as we hear of him what he did for us and we grab a hold and say yes jesus you are the one that can save me from my sins you are the one that can give me life and jesus becomes our savior he is our savior by faith now verse 15 to, to 18 it gives an uh, uh a very strong and powerful um uh, illustration of Jesus Christ and who he is. And so the previous verses are talking about all the blessings and all the things that are available to us as we are saved. But the next number of verses, the next four verses here, talk about the fact that Jesus needs to be more than just our Savior. Savior to be saved from our sins is great, is, is necessary for life. But Jesus wants for us or for that he, that he would be preeminent in our lives. Listen, verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. So everything was made. Uh, he is the... He came 2,000 years ago, but before that, he, Jesus existed always, and all things were made through him and consist because of him. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. So th there's a, a indication of the fact that he died. There's an indication that he rose again, firstborn from the dead, and there's indication that he is the head of the body, which we are members within. We are members in the body of Christ, and he is the head of that body. And that in all things, just like the head dictates 
as to what will go on within the body. So Jesus desires for, for him uh, or desires for us to make him preeminent in our lives. So, Jesus being preeminent in our lives, oftentimes we say, well, what is the, is there any, any uh, blessing from that? Is there any, are there, is there anything, is there any benefit from that? And we've talked about that a number of weeks back. But today, once again, I, I want to say, I want to emphasize that Jesus is Lord in your life. Not just Savior, but Lord. So, look at, going right back to the very beginning, and, and Paul writes, uh, once again, as he begins this letter, uh, Colossians 1, verse 1, it says, Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother. And so here, uh, Paul and Timothy uh, are, are included in this, this letter. There, it's written by Paul. And uh, he ends off, uh, he's probably dictating it uh, by the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, uh, perhaps Timothy is writing. But he says at the end, he ends off with, with his own handwriting um, at the end of the letter. So, but look at verse 2. And oftentimes we, as we read through scriptures, we just, we just skim through. You know, we want to, you know, I got to get, uh, you know, I want to read the chapter. I want to read a few chapters. I want to read five chapters today. I want to read ten chapters today. And so we, we just skim through and we oftentimes missed the depth of the word of God to us. Look at what it says. It says, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So here we have, to those that are saints, listen, you cannot be a saint unless you are saved by your faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cross. If your faith is in yourself, you are not a saint because your righteousness is, as good as you can be, your righteousness, my righteousness, if my faith is in myself, is like filthy rags before a holy God. So we cannot depend on all the good things that we do, the religious things that we do. We cannot depend on that for our salvation, but rather we depend on Jesus Christ for our salvation. So he says, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae. So the faithful brethren, so saints and faithful brethren, uh, are those that, that, as you are faithful, you are faithful in what you believe regarding Jesus Christ. That is what it is to be faithful. Say, My faith does not change in who, uh, in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross, for me on the cross. So as, as that is the case, now it says grace to you and peace, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So this letter is basically speaking of the fact that grace and peace is for us and, and God desires for us to have the grace of God and the peace of God evident in our lives. And for that to happen, two things must happen. Number one, God needs to be our Father and Jesus Christ needs to be our Lord. It says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. They say, Pastor, well, hey, uh, when do we get to chapter 3? Uh, I want to just say that chapters 3 and 4 of, of the book of Colossians, or the letter to the Colossians, uh, is God saying, listen, 
every aspect of your life. I want grace and peace to extend to every aspect of your life. And we'll, we'll just uh, touch on that as we close off. The blessing that God has for you in every area of your life, every area, grace and peace to you. So from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So two things th that need to happen is that you need to have God as your Father and secondly, Jesus Christ to be your Lord. It says here, not just Jesus Christ, but, and it says, grace to you and peace from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, uh, you might say, Pastor, why are you focusing in on this? Unless God is your Father and unless Jesus is your Lord, the grace and peace part of it does not come to us. So this is why I am I'm hammering home the fact that Jesus needs to be preeminent. He needs to be Lord in your life. He need, Lord is above all in your life. So um, for, G, for, uh, for God to be our Father, and I, I know, listen, just because you say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be my, uh, my name or your name, and even though you may know that scripture off by heart and you can just repeat it again and again, does not make God your father. You know the prayer, but God may not be your father. So you might say, well, how, am, how is God my father? And just for those of you that are listening today that don't know the Lord and you're just you're listening and you're saying, hey, uh, I, I want grace and peace in my life. I need grace and peace in my life. This only comes, it's from God, our Father. So, how, unless, you can't call God your Father unless you were born of God. And let me just read this, uh, John 1, verses 10 to 13. And, and I just want you to know that faith in Jesus Christ and the interaction that you would have with Jesus Christ uh, is very specific uh, uh, or that a specific interaction that we may have allows for us to be born of God so we can call God our Father. Listen to what it says in John 1 verse 10. It says, he was in the world, and this is speaking of Jesus. So Jesus was in the world. So he came to the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. So even though the Lord Jesus was there thousands of years before and has existed for all eternity with God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and even though he made the world and came to the world, the world did not know him. Listen to what happened. And, and this is the majority of the world. At this point, nothing has changed. It says, he came, he came to his own, and his own did not receive him. So what does that mean? It, he came, he was born of Mary and Joseph, uh, or the Holy Spirit, as, as the Holy Spirit came upon uh, Mary. He was born of God and Mary. To, to become God with us or uh, God in the flesh. Uh, and so he came to his own. He came to the Jews. So Mary was Jewish. And his own did not receive him. 
So the Jews did not receive him. For the, for the most part, they rejected him. They crucified him. But as many, listen to verse 12, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. So as we receive Jesus, we have the right. He gave the right to become children of God. So we become a child of God as we believe in Jesus' name. As we believe in Jesus' name, which means we believe in who he is and what he did for us on the cross. When you say somebody's name, the first thing that comes to mind is who they are and their reputation and what they've done, all the things that they may have done that you're aware of, that comes to mind. So as we believe on the name of Jesus, we believe on who he is, the fact that he came for us, that he died for us, and that he rose again. And as we have faith in him for our salvation, and we allow him to come into our lives, we are born of God. It says in verse 13, it says, who were born, those that receive Jesus, we believe in his name, we, and receive him, we are born not of blood, so not physically, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man. So it's not just a physical thing and the will of, of parents or my, my mother and father, but of God. They are born of God. You are born of God as your faith is in Jesus Christ and as you allow him into your life. Now, I, I say all of that to say this. The moment that we are born of God, now God is no longer just God out there. God becomes our father because we're born of him. Now we can call God our father, and he is indeed our father. Now you say, Pastor, why are you taking so much time on this uh, being born of God and all of that? It's because... It says, grace to you and peace from God, our Father. So unless you can know of God, you can be very religious, but unless you are born of God as you receive Jesus into your life by faith and you recognize what he did for you 2,000 years ago on a cross, dealing or taking care of all your sins, he died for you, took the consequences for you and for me, all our sins placed upon him and all the sins of all mankind from the beginning of time and even to those things in the future. God is not limited by time. Everything was put back on Jesus 2,000 years ago. So we look back. Those that were waiting for Christ were looking forward to, to, to the, the Lamb of God coming. And so as our faith is there, God can become our Father and is our Father in heaven. So to have grace and peace in our lives and in your life, it comes from God our Father. So as a believer now, as your faith is in Jesus Christ and you've received him, you said, yes, I, I, yes, I'm a sinner, but Jesus, you died for me. You took all my sins upon yourself, and that's by faith. I receive you into my life. Come into my life. At that point, you are born of God. You are a child of God. There's no grandchildren of God, only children. We're born of God. He doesn't have any grandchildren. We must all be born of God to be his his children. So the second part of this is uh, it says grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. So often as we read through scriptures in the New Testament, we come across 
a, a variation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're talking about Jesus being Lord in our lives and why that's significant. Um, and we're basically saying Jesus is being preeminent in our lives. And so uh, as we read through scriptures, and we read of this numerous times, hundreds of times, in fact, just in the New Testament, we come across Jesus Christ, our Lord. So listen, these are just, I just, as I put in Jesus uh, Christ and Lord, uh, this is what came up. So Jesus Christ, our Lord, is often used. Lord Jesus is often used. Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Christ Jesus, the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Our Lord, Jesus Christ. So these are all basically an indication and a statement of Jesus Christ being preeminent. But in this passage, or in, in Colossians, and I, I want to say this, it's not just Colossians, we believe in Jesus to save us, but we need Jesus to be Lord in our lives. He needs to be also Lord in our life. So let me read again. Why is Jesus being Lord or preeminent in our lives so significant to us daily? I read again from Colossians 1 verse 2. It says, To the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, so as we are saved and our faith continues in Jesus Christ, now it says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have made him Lord in our life. So we are born of God Jesus, through Jesus Christ, so Jesus our Savior, and we also make him then by our choice, we make him Lord in our lives. So, so then the grace and the peace of God is extended to us. Now, let me just, uh, I want to extend or, or expand on the word grace. So grace to you and peace. And this grace and peace that the Lord is extending to us is in every aspect of our lives. Every aspect of our lives, grace and and peace. The word grace is charis or charis, and um, it means that which affords joy, pleasure, delight, sweetness, charm, loveliness, or it could be also uh, goodwill, loving kindness, and, f and favor. So it's the favor of God upon his children as we are saved and as Jesus is Lord in our lives. So the grace of God then pours out on us. And uh, an expansion of this goodwill or loving kindness in favor of the Lord is it's the merciful kindness by which God exerting his holy influence upon souls turns them to Christ, keeps strengthens, it increases them in Christian faith and knowledge and affection and kindles them to the exercise of the Christian virtues. So uh, there's also an influence, the grace of God the, uh, on our lives to keep us and strengthen us to increase our faith and knowledge and affection, the affection that he has for us, along with the favor and the pouring out of God in our lives. So, There is, uh, when we say, when we use the word grace, uh, hey, or we say grace uh, before we, we 
eat or whatever. Hey, let's say grace. Basically, we are giving thanks for the grace that he has poured out upon us. So we give thanks for his blessing and his uh, abundance and his, the benefits and the bounty in our lives. And so this is where God is saying, listen, I want, I want to bless you. I want, I want to show favor on you just as you have made, as I am your father in heaven, just as a good father, a good, good father pours out blessing on us and, and is there for us and, is, and strengthens us and keeps us and protects us and directs us and all the different things. He says, he says I just want to pour grace upon you and peace. I want to give you peace. Peace has to do with security. So protection, safety, prosperity, and felicity. I had to look that word up, which basically means intense happiness. Felicity is intense happiness. So, uh, so because of peace and harmony, uh, make and keep things safe and prosperous within a person's life. And the peace of the Messiah uh, is a, the way that leads to peace or salvation or to have peace with him. It comes through Christ Jesus. There is a, an aspect of also of our emotional state or where we are before the Lord. There's not an agitation because the peace of God is upon us and we are, in, as we know, we are in right standing with the Lord. Uh, there's a there's this tranquil state of being or of peace that comes upon us because we are assured of our salvation through Jesus Christ. And so we have nothing to fear on this side of heaven or even as we would stand before God because we are at peace with God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will keep our heart and our mind in and through Jesus Christ. And is a peace that not that this world can't give, but he is able to give to us that is from God. And so I just, I thank God the, the, the fact that, that as Jesus is made Lord in our lives, the grace and peace of God is extended to us. And God wants to extend that to us. So this thing of Jesus as Lord, the word Lord is used hundreds of times, over 600 times, almost 700 times uh, in the Bible. And it's a kuros, which means, interesting enough, is supremacy. So to be preeminent you is, is to be supreme. But the word Lord, uh, kurios, is or means supremacy. Uh, or it has the idea of supremacy, and, it, and, and the meaning of it as it is expanded is it's the person, a person, he to whom a person or thing belongs, about which he has power of deciding. So, when we belong to someone, or we make them Lord, he has the power of deciding what's going to happen in our lives. So this is the critical part. If we don't make Jesus Lord in our life, what happens is, as we have control, our will is done, or the things that I want is done, and basically we shut 
God out. We shut Jesus Christ as being Lord in our life. We shut him out. And so what happens is the will of God can't take place in our lives. So often, listen, let me just say this. So often we mess things up because we want our will done. I, I'm going to do it my way because this is what I want. I'm in charge and I'm not, Lord, you are not in charge of my life. And so you might be saved, but your, Jesus is not Lord in your life because your will is being done. And you, we wonder then why things mess up. Why don't things work out? And I'm not saying when Jesus is Lord that we don't have battles, we don't have difficulty or whatever. Absolutely, we, we do. However, Jesus being Lord in our lives is saying, hey, listen, I'm going to see you through these things because you are, are under my lordship. You're under my protection. You're under me deciding the outcome of the situation. And the Lord is, is, his heart is not for our demise, but that we would come through the situation, even in the face of death. Let me just say this. So often as, as unbelievers, there's a fear of death. And thank God there's a fear of death because it makes us think about eternity. It makes us think, well, what can I do about what, what I'm facing in death? And oftentimes it's at that point that God becomes real to us. We, we become aware of God because God is, is reaching out to us to say, hey, listen, you don't have to be afraid of death. I want to, I even in the face of death, I want to take you through the valley of the shadow of death and I want you to come to a place of, of spending eternity with me. So even in the face of death, we don't have to be afraid because Jesus is Lord. He's our master. So let me read again. It's he to whom a person or thing belongs about which he has power of deciding. And in other words, master and Lord. A master and Lord takes care of the business, takes care of of those that belong to him because there's a submitting to Jesus as Lord. In this case, going back to Colossians 1 verse 18, uh, it talks about that we would make him preeminent in our life or that he would have the preeminence. It says that in all things, he may have the preeminence. So we, he wants to be preeminent. He is preeminent. But he wants to be preeminent in our lives, so we choose to make him preeminent. Now, let me just expand a little bit more on uh, the word Lord, uh, and especially in the New Testament, uh, this word kurios, kurios. So also the possessor and disposer of a thing. In other words, the owner, one who has control of the person, he's the master. In the state, so in the state, in a, a larger setting, uh, the Lord would be sovereign. He'd be prince, chief. Um, for example, a Roman emperor is Lord over. But in this case, Jesus being Lord is so far beyond even someone that would be a president or prime minister of a nation or country. Uh, Jesus is above all. So the word Lord is a title of honor, expressive of respect and reverence with which servants greet their master. We say Jesus, or Lord Jesus Christ. We are, that there would not just be a 
lip service or a profession with from our mouth, but it would be a reality in our hearts that Jesus is Lord. We've made him Lord. I submit to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. So that this title is given to God, the Messiah, to Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just read again uh, in the New Testament the different uh, phrasing of this. All right, so Jesus Christ, our Lord, you will come across again and again, or just Lord Jesus, or Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Christ Jesus, the Lord. Jesus Christ is Lord. Our Lord Jesus Christ. So I like the thing when it says Jesus Christ, our Lord, or our Lord Jesus Christ, because it makes it personal as we are stating to the Lord, Lord, I surrender to you, not my will, your will be done. This is critical. Listen, if you are struggling in areas of your life, you say, man, this is not working out or whatever. Is Jesus Lord in the situation? Or is it that, no, you've got control of that and you are Lord of that situation and you're recognizing, man, this is messing up. Jesus is saying, let me be Lord in that area of your life. In fact, let me be Lord in every area of your life. And we'll see this as we, we close off. So the Lord desires for there to be grace to, to us, to you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. God is our Father because we've received Christ, and now we make Jesus Christ Lord. Lord, I want your grace and peace. So, interesting. Jesus as Savior happens by faith. Jesus as Lord in our lives happens by choice. We choose to make Jesus Lord. We have that choice that we make. Of, and, uh, it's a, an active thing of, of choice. We choose to put Jesus first in our lives. So Jesus to become our Savior is by faith. I, I, I confess with my mouth, Jesus, that he died for me and that he rose again. I believe in my heart that this is the case. I receive him into my life by faith. And he saves me. I am saved from my sins. I am saved from being in darkness and in heading to hell. And I turn because of faith in Jesus Christ. He saves me from my sin and from the direction I'm heading in. And I begin to, to uh, uh, or I have salvation in a split moment of time. But Jesus as Lord is a choice I make. I choose to put him in that thing, in that place, on, on, in my life, the throne of my life. He is Lord. That is when things will begin to take place in our lives. The grace and peace of God will begin to pervade every area of your life. So... Um, just a few things that happen as Jesus is Lord. And we read of this. We, we've spent a lot of time, a number of lessons on this passage in Colossians chapter 2 from verse 11 to 15. Um, and we recognize in this passage that as Jesus is not just Savior, but we make him Lord, uh, we recognize that we are put into right standing with God. And we also recognize that we overcome 
uh, our spiritual foe, Satan. So it says, uh, Colossians 2.11 says, In him you were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So a lot of, of this, the word circumcised and circumcision, uh, the putting off of the body of the sins of the flesh. So our sins are taken care of. Our flesh is crucified with Christ. We are, we, we are baptized into his death and his burial and his resurrection by the circumcision of Christ. Circumcision always has to do with a cutting off. And so here, uh, the, the, the body of the sins of, of the flesh, of our flesh, are cut off by the circumcision of Christ when he was cut off. And he was cut off from the land of the living 2,000 years ago when he hung on a cross and he died. It says, buried with him in baptism into his death, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God. So as Jesus raised from the dead, we as our faith is in Jesus Christ are raised from the dead as well, who raised him, the working of God who raised him from the dead. And you, that's you and I, being dead in, in our trespasses and the uncircumcision of our flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. In other words, all the things that were against us, where we are guilty, 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 and it's not the things of the enemy, it's the things of God that we have broken his commands and his, his statutes and whatever, uh, and we're found guilty, the Lord says, I've taken care of your guiltiness. I've taken care of your sin. I've taken care of all of that. And you have life in and through me. You've been raised to new life. And all of that, your sins forgiven, past, present, and future as our faith continues in Jesus Christ. That's key. We need to continue to believe in Jesus Christ. And so now we overcome the enemy who would want is the accuser of the brethren saying, hey, Dave is guilty. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it, in his death, in the circumcision of him being cut off, he triumphed over the enemy. So we have right standing with God. We are raised to new life. We're alive together with him. We're forgiven of all our trespasses. We have right standing with God the Father. We're born of, of God. We, we, we are a child of God. And we're in right standing with God because of our faith in Jesus Christ, taking care of all our sins. And we overcome the, the enemy that comes to accuse us and say, hey, you're a sinner. You're no good for nothing. Uh, and because of what Jesus did for us, we overcome Satan because Jesus took care of the consequences of our sin. Praise God. So uh, just here, those are already some beautiful things as we, as, as Jesus is our Savior. But as he is our Lord daily, um, there is, a, 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 as our faith is in Jesus Christ and Jesus is our Lord daily, it impacts our, our standing before God that we don't have to be religious. Religion is 
man's attempt. It's my attempt to get into right standing with God. Listen, you and I cannot be good enough. We cannot be righteous enough. We cannot. And so our faith needs to continue in Jesus Christ. But look at what it says at the end of Colossians chapter 2 from verse 16 and heading into chapter 3. And uh, it says in verse 16, Colossians 2, 16, So let no one judge you in food or in drink or regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. So we're talking about the law, the Old Testament, and the, the keeping of the law, even the law or the, the commandments that the Lord gave us. We cannot, our, our uh, righteousness is not in keeping the law. Because the moment we break the law, we're done. And we've all broken the law. We've all broken the commandments. And so we're done. So we, our faith has to be in Jesus for our righteousness because we've already messed up. So these things are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is of Christ. So all the things of the Old Testament, the law, and the prophets, they all were pointing towards Jesus. They were a shadow of of things, of the reality of what was to come in Jesus. So they're just a shadow. The reality of Jesus Christ, the substance of, is of Christ. They all, the Old Testament all pointed to Jesus Christ. Let no one cheat you of your reward. Now, I, I want to just say this. Going back to this second verse, Colossians 1 verse 2, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. As Jesus is no longer Lord in our life, and we, we are saying, well, you know what, i got to keep the law and whatever, we are, cheating, we are being cheated out of our reward, even on this side of heaven where God is saying, but I want to extend to you grace. I want to extend to you peace. I want to extend to you things that are, are just because I love you. And so we don't get that, and we're cheated out of the reward, and also long-term, if our faith remains in ourself and Jesus is not Lord uh, and our faith shifts to ourselves, we will not make it. Let no one cheat you out of your reward. Taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. So it's all about, wow, look at me and what I'm doing and how great a person I am. I am so righteous. I am so good. Look at all the things that I do. And our faith is in ourselves, in our own righteousness, in our own uh, fulfilling of the, of the law, even. And not holding. Now, it says in verse 19, it's interesting here. So we're doing all these things, taking delight in false humility. Look at, look at me, how humble I am. And the worship of angels. But look at verse 19. And not holding fast to the head from whom all the body, nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. This verse is, is saying, listen, we're, not, we're no longer holding on to the head. We're no longer, Jesus is no longer Lord in our life, or he's not. Or he, we, we, we don't, we haven't placed him there, or we've left that, we've put ourselves in that position, or something else in the position. 
And so we, we're losing out from the nourishment and the knitting together by joints and ligaments and the, the increase that God has for us. It says grows with the increase that is from God. Listen, really, when it comes to we we become detached. Listen, my, my finger, I, I use, if you, if you cut off a finger, I've used this illustration in the past. This is first aid. And if your fin finger comes detached from your body, they say immediately, put your finger in a plastic bag, put it in, on ice, and keep it cold, and get to the hospital, and your finger can be reattached. Within two to four hours, if it's not reattached within that time, uh, basically, you, you lose it. It's pretty gory uh, uh, illustration. But it really makes a point here. When we become detached, we, are, we lose the nourishment and the life and sustain the thing of sustaining life and nourishment and increase that comes from the head, that comes from Christ. There's no increase that can come from God. So it is critical that Jesus Christ, our faith continues in him. We hold fast to our faith in Christ. And, and from the whole, from, from whom all the body are nourished and knit together by joints and ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. God. God the Father is just saying, man, I want for grace and peace to be in your life. Um, now, Look at, look at what it says in verse 20. So it is really hammering home as we finish off chapter 2, heading into chapter 3. It is again emphasizing this thing of Jesus Christ and him crucified for us and our faith being there, dying with Christ, and the blessing that comes or the, the blessing that comes with that or that doesn't come as we just push that off to the side. We push Christ off to the side. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why, as though living in the world, do you, do you subject, subject yourselves to regulations? Do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. So here he's saying, what, are, you, are you attempting to do things uh, in your own strength? your faith is in yourself or the imposing of different things by man or man's attempts to try to get be right before God. So there is a possibility we start off right, but we don't finish right. We don't continue on. We need to get back to the place where Jesus Christ is Savior and Lord in our life. Now, these things of, of I got to do this, I got to do this, uh, do not touch this, do not taste this. Do not handle this. The do's and the don'ts. I, I, I'm so rigid about all these different things. You know, I got to do check, 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 check each, each and every day. These things, verse 23, indeed have an appearance of wisdom in self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. So it's like, even trying to overcome the flesh and the cravings of the flesh, and, and there's a we're we're grabbing a hold of self-imposed religion. We're we're saying, well, I got to do this, this, and this. This false humility, the neglect of the body, even to neglect our body, 
have no value against the indulgence of the flesh. We can't overcome the flesh. Where our flesh needs to be overcome is on the cross. That's why Paul says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live in this body, in this flesh, by faith in the Son of God who loved me, gave himself for me. So it is critical that our faith continues in Jesus Christ daily and that we make him Lord in, my, in, in our lives, that we surrender and submit to his lordship. We cannot be distracted by the things of this world. Uh, this world is temporary. We, we need to focus in on that which is eternal. Look at Colossians 3, verse 1. So it goes right from that saying, hey, you being religious and all the self-imposed stuff that you put on yourself is not the way to go. But look what it says in Colossians 3, verse 1. And the next two chapters, chapters 3 and 4, just deal with a whole list of things. And we'll get into some of this stuff. But today I'm just going to list the things that they get into. A whole, and you can see, it deals with every aspect of your life. It says, if you, then you were raised with Christ, how? By faith. My faith is in Jesus Christ who died for me, was buried, and he rose again. And I'm buried into that baptism of Christ. If you then, if then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting, is sit, sitting at the right hand of God. So look to the Lord. He is, he is Lord. He's sitting on the throne. All authority is his, and we've made him Lord in our life. Set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Don't be distracted by the things of this earth. They are temporary. They're going to pass away. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ and God. Here we go again, where there is this passage saying, being crucified with Christ. That's, where, that's when we died with Christ. As Christ died on the cross, our faith is there daily. I, I have my existence. I have my righteousness because my faith is in Jesus Christ and what he did for me on the cross 2,000 years ago. For you died, we die with him, and your, our life is hidden with Christ in God. Like, talk about protection. Talk about a covering. Talk about a blessing. In Christ, in God, with Christ, in God. Hallelujah. When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. And so it's talking about the fact that uh, not only will he keep us on this side of heaven, but will keep us even to the point of when Jesus returns and we will be with him for eternity, then you also will appear with him in glory. Now, I just want to close with a few things here. Just quickly, as Jesus is preeminent in our lives, so as he is Lord. So Jesus needs to be our Savior and for those that have given their life over to the Lord Jesus or uh, your faith is in him and what he did for you on the cross, Jesus is your Savior. You've received him into your life. But as you make him Lord as well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We have grace and peace. Now look at where the next two chapters go regarding grace and peace, favor and peace in your life. It has to do, 
uh, there will be a help in personal, our personal life with even our personal temptations, our behavior personally, dealing with past behavior. There's a, there's a changing of us personally. There is uh, grace and favor and peace in, in our marital relationship between husband and wife. If you need that, let Jesus be Lord in your life. When it comes to our children, the relationship between parents and children, even when it comes to our employment, the relationship between our boss and the employment that we have, our worth, work ethic, how we work, uh, and the blessings that come with that. Uh, also, for those that are employers, they have their own business. Uh, there's the Lord desires grace or favor and peace, even for those that, that have their own business. Um, and, and also when it comes to how we walk and the, the Christian uh, graces or things of prayer or communication with God, the heart of thanksgiving, the things of, of witness that we are to others, to bring others to the Lord, all as Jesus is Savior and Lord, grace and peace to us. Uh, our daily walk, our, the time that we have, uh, dealing with the things of this world, uh, dealing with the relationship we have with brothers and sisters, the love that we have for one another, uh, dealing with the things of, of, of forgiveness and, and making things right with others, and also about fulfilling ministry. Uh, so I've mentioned, uh, I've got 14 different things that I mentioned. Some have a few items within the point. But 14 different things mentioned uh, regarding grace and peace to us as Jesus is Lord, that God the Father wants to give to you, to us, as Jesus is Lord in our life. Not just Savior, but Lord. Praise God. So I want to read um, verse 1 and 2, Colossians 1 and 2, as we close off here now. And Colossians, the very last verse in chapter 4, I want to read to you. So starting with Colossians 1, verse 1 and 2, we read this a few times already uh, this evening. It says, Paul an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord is saying, hey, the grace of God, the peace of God in your life, in every aspect of your living, as is seen in chapters 3 and 4. Look at what the very last verse in chapter 4, Colossians 4, verse 18 says. This salutation by my own hand, Paul. So he's signing off. He's saying, I'm, the, the rest may have been scribed, but I'm, uh, I'm writing or ending off, and he's signing the letter. This is from the Holy Spirit, and he's signing the letter. And look at what he says. Remember my chains... So here he is, he's, he's, yes, he is incarcerated, he's under house arrest. And he ends off with this, grace be with you, amen, so be it. Let grace be with you, 
Amen. So he starts off with the fact that God wants to pour out the grace, his grace, his favor and peace upon you. And he's, he ends off saying again, grace be with you. The favor of God be with you. Amen. Let it be as God is your father and Jesus is your Lord to make him preeminent, to be preeminent in every aspect of your life. Praise God. Praise God. Tonight, if, uh, if you don't know the Lord, you would say, you would confess your sin. Lord, I am a sinner. Acknowledge the fact that you have sinned and acknowledge that Jesus took every one of your sins upon, your, upon himself and he died for you. And as you believe, even as you confess your sins, there is a forgiveness that comes. It says in 1 John 1 verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So as we confess our sin, Lord, forgive me of my sins. There's a cleansing that takes place as we place our faith in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross 2,000 years ago. It was at that point as his the blood flowed from the, the, the wounds that just were on his body and the blood flowed from him. His blood shed for us. We have forgiveness of sins. If Jesus didn't go to the cross, if Jesus didn't die for us, we, I wouldn't be talking to you now. We would be separated from God, from a holy, holy God. But as our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future, because our faith is in Jesus Christ, we have right standing with God and as we make him, as we receive him into our lives, unbeliever and believer that has strayed or is not in right standing, confess your sin. Confess Jesus as dying for you on the cross and raising again and receive him into your life. If he's on the outside knocking on your heart's door, let him in. Jesus, come into my life. And immediately say, Jesus, I'm not going to go around in circles. I'm not going to go off track or off path. I put you as Lord in my life. Be first in my life. Be preeminent. Not my will. Your will be done in my life. That that would be your prayer tonight. That you would take this time, even if it's after this, this message is done, take the time, get alone with the Lord, and begin to just speak to him about the things of Jesus being your Savior and making him Lord in your life. And, and do it by faith and by choice. Make him Lord in your life by choice. Lord, I just thank you for the grace and the peace that, that is extended to us by the Father and by you as Lord Jesus Christ, our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, we just say thank you for that grace and that peace. Lord, it doesn't matter what we're going through. It doesn't matter COVID, no COVID, whatever it may be, the grace and the peace of God to us, that it would be, let it be, Lord, in Jesus' name. I pray this for all my dear brothers and sisters at this time. Lord, we just, I, I commit myself, I, I commit my brothers and sisters into your hands. And Lord, that they would begin to see the grace and the peace of God in their lives, no matter what area it is, as they totally surrender to you. 
and follow you and as you are Lord in their life. I just pray this in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great night and a great week yet, and we'll see you back on Sunday. Uh, Lord loves you. I love you. And um, praise God. He is so good. God bless. Thanks for joining us for the sermon. We really hope that God spoke to your life. You can find more of the Word of God by watching our service live stream and listening to our podcast on our website, lighthouseniagara.com.